Hello, Annie. Hello, Robert. We need spiritual strategies. When we talk about spirit, we're talking about the spirit that's you, the part of you that connects to you. Whatever happens, it's got to be messages that come from within you. And a lot of the strategies we've got now can stop us doing that. And the biggest strategy I see where people get out of the spiritual mindset is when they use blame, fault-finding and denial and all those sort of things. They'll think about being below the line because all of those strategies are all about fear. And once you go into fear, you go out of love and you want to stay within the spirit stuff, you're going to be using the love. And developing those strategies is really hard because what you're doing is you're fighting the majority of what society expects and teaches. Absolutely. And even our legal systems love blame. They love fault finding. They love making people wrong. They love to punish people. They'll have to do all that stuff, which is not spiritual at all. And if we're going to be living in this world, we've got to abide by that a little bit. So we're abiding by that at the same time, trying to develop a spirituality about ourselves, which is based on love, not fear. I mean, the media is the same thing. It looks, it focuses on the negative as well. And the other thing I was thinking about is education in relation to what teachers do. We can say, oh, you know, you they, they make mistakes, there's right and there's wrong. But what happens in schools is that kids are quite often given false positives. They're built up, but inside them they know that that's not correct. A lot of times we focus on, oh, let's, okay, let's say, for example, you know, in um, athletics and every kid runs and every kid gets a ribbon because they participated. But the child that doesn't come first intuitively knows he doesn't or she doesn't deserve the ribbon because they didn't do really well. I agree with you. I, I know what you're saying. But when you start giving people inappropriate positive regard for things that they're not really doing well at all, that becomes very damaging. Because if you're going to be positive with somebody, you've got to be appropriate. Otherwise, you're not giving them the opportunity to learn about themselves. Mm. So if a person, um, let's go back to your example about at, at school, you know, because this, the the schools like to discourage competition an awful lot. And I know I was willing to deal with a client once and she was absolutely an outstanding athlete. So what the teachers did is they went and put her in another age group racing against the boys. Mm. So instead of coming first by a long shot, she'd come second uh, and she'd get beaten all the time because there was one kid, only one boy, by the way, who could beat her. The ramifications of that come through that she decided it wasn't okay for her to be outstanding and to be who she really is. Now, I found that a very sad story and I've mm. never, never ever forgotten that. It's about supporting the child to understand feelings and be able to talk about why they feel good or why they don't feel good mm. and then working from that Yes. No, it's not right or wrong, it's just their feelings about their own mm. Performance, yeah, I yeah. guess. And it's okay to be critical of the child's behaviour without being critical of the child. That, Johnny, was really crap behaviour. That wasn't appropriate behaviour. That wasn't good at all. Without sort of saying, oh, Johnny, you're behaving really bad. You're an awful person. That's a different message, you know. So what we're looking at saying is, okay, we can be critical of a child without going out of love. We can still love the child and be critical of the child of what the child's behaviour has been. 
because, you know, we just love the child unconditionally. Even asking the child when they've done something, especially something that's inappropriate, something that's destructive, to ask them, okay, so how do you feel about having done that? They won't necessarily start telling you about how they feel really bad or whatever. You know, they might be defiant and say, well, I feel good because I did. But what you're doing is you're planting that seed and for that they tend to go inwards then in relation to what's really going on for them. So it may not be in that specific moment that they're able to verbalise exactly what they're feeling, but later on down the track, just acknowledging to themselves. And I guess that works with adults too, doesn't it? It does. We're looking to teach people how to be be even better versions of themselves, but the word is how to be. All the time is how to be, not how to do, not how to have, because you've got to teach them that too, but the essence is how to be even more and how to be an even better version because the more they can be, the more they'll do and have anyway. We've come across the model of above and below the line. You know the one I'm talking about? I do. And I've seen that around for many, many years. I've never seen anybody use it well yet. I've never seen anybody be able to put above and below the line into practice. I can, but I don't always. Because, once again, it's a spiritual way of behaving. Being responsible is a spiritual thing. Being accountable is a spiritual thing. Being critical is really a f- emotional thing. Having excuses, being in denial, being blaming, they're all emotional things. They're all things you do to protect yourself. Having ownership, being accountable and being responsible, that's a spiritual condition you place on yourself. If you start to go into that sort of mindset, that'll be a very spiritual, loving mindset. And it's a spiritual, loving mindset. And guess who you're spiritually loving? Yourself. Absolutely, because you're taking ownership, you're taking accountability, you're taking responsibility and saying, well, this is what I've done. And you don't have to make yourself right or wrong. Because once you make yourself right or wrong, you go below the line. You blame yourself. Don't No blame yourself. If you want to stay there, stay above it. Stay above the line. Stay in the spiritual love and be in love with yourself. This is what being in love with the self means. I wonder how many people are in love with Are you in love with yourself? Possibly not like I should be, no. Being in love with yourself is being totally accepting of yourself. So regardless of what you do, you might do something that you feel bad about and you can learn from that. So it's about the learning. You're not saying, Mm. okay, well, I feel bad. I did something Mm. wrong too bad. But it's about accepting what you, your behaviours, how you're feeling, how you're thinking and learning from those that don't serve you. Mm but being buoyed by the fact that this is how I reacted, this is how I behaved, this is how I thought, mm. whatever. And it feels really good because that's who I am and I didn't have to become anyone else to, to get acceptance. The word that comes through the mind as you were talking there was unconditional love. Mm. It's a state of unconditional love, just yes, yes. loving yourself no matter what you yes. do. That's being in love. You go even deeper into yourself. In love, you can challenge yourself at a deeper level. In love, you're looking to get the source of who you be, of who you are, of the person you have become, of the person you are now, going right down in, right down in there. So yeah, it's a very, very exciting way to sort of think, and I'm getting it now. I'm not there by any means, I don't think, but I'm certainly getting it, and I'm certainly getting it, and I'm finding myself being less critical of myself, but not always. I'm getting who I'm getting who I am now. I'm not there completely because uh, every so often I do get down on myself and it doesn't feel so good. And when I do, I stop growing. I know I'm stopped growing. 
It's when I stay in the in love bit and stay in the spiritual part of who I am that I can go forward. So in that light, how can we support ourselves and others in relation to getting back to that spirit and accepting the spirit and the unconditional love of the spirit of who you are? How do you get back will seem like a risk because what will keep you there is by being below the line, by blaming yourself, by feeling at fault, by criticising yourself, by getting down on yourself, by going into depression, all that stuff. That'll be below the line and you can't go forward, further forward. You won't go further forward and you can keep yourself right down there. So that's how you keep yourself down. That's because we're wanting to be safe. We have a view that if we fix up all the problems and, and focus on our problems and don't let our problems come and beat us, then we'll be safe. But if we don't focus on our problems, then eventually one of them, it's going to get bigger and come and destroy us. So let's make sure we don't have problems. Let's make sure we try and deal with our problems. And what I'll say is, no, that's focusing on what's not working. Let's focus on what's, what it is working. And when you find yourself going down and feeling really crappy about yourself and, and, and rug down yourself, get above the line. Go above the line and start to look at be responsible and start to acknowledge who you are. One of the statements I often make to people when I'm working with, I say, you now need to face the truth about yourself. And they say, well, what's that? And I say, the truth is the magnificent, loving person that you really are. And people find that really challenging. Mm. If I say, face the truth about yourself, and they say, who's that? I say, well, you're actually not a nice person. You're doing this. They're fine. They can handle that. They're defended. They've got all the words. But when you talk about being in love with yourself, something you're not supposed to do, you know, according to what we're taught at school, that's the real challenge. That's more challenging than anything. So perhaps it's about saying to yourself, when you've done something that you feel not too good about, if I truly loved myself, how would I feel at this moment? Would that be something? Something like that. It's You're sort of hitting on the word of self-forgiveness, and that's very, very powerful, the most powerful thing you can do. You need to forgive yourself. But when you do something, it's it's like you haven't made a mistake, you've just given yourself a learning experience. Mm. And it's it's about the way you present it to yourself, the way you hold on to it. But because I do something wrong doesn't make me a bad person. What does make me a bad person is if I do something wrong and don't deal with it, it will gobble me up if I'm not careful. It's almost like an evil thing to do, evil being the opposite to live you know, because evil is E-V-I-L as opposed to L-I-V-E. And evil is about backwards. And when you are going below the line and are in fear and blaming and do all this stuff, you've got to be going backwards. And if you keep going that way, you will end up going to depression. That, that will take you into depression. Whereas if you turn around and take responsibility, ownership and accountability, off you go. Away you, you go forward and you become a stronger, stronger, better, better version of yourself. Quite ironic, quite amazing. So it's really about stopping and having a look at what you've done and accept it hasn't, I don't feel good about it. So why have I reacted that way? Why have I behaved that way? Why hmm. have I spoken that yeah. way? And moving on from there, that what you've done isn't the essence of who you are. When I get to that stage, I the mindset I give to myself is saying, okay, how I'm feeling now, I'm feeling traumatised, I'm feeling upset. That's not the truth. How I'm feeling is not necessarily the truth and it's probably not the truth. It's how I'm feeling, but it's not the truth. And boy, that one's got me out of a lot of holes. I don't know how often I've been angry and sort of absolutely convinced about something and thought, it's not the truth. Because I just know it's not the truth. You walk away, you come back, could be minutes, could be hours, could even be days. You come back and suddenly it doesn't feel so bad. And possibly that's the truth, that it doesn't feel so bad. But I, 
I'm looking back and saying the biggest fool I've ever made of myself, the biggest stupidity I've ever made of myself was being in times of high emotion. I'm not against emotion because it's, it's got its role, but emotion is not the truth I want to live by. When you say it's not the truth, I always think about it's just a story. Like whatever whatever's happened is a story. It's, yeah. it's your story and you can change that story. But it's not, when you say it's not the truth, it's just a story. When yeah. people try and justify, it's just a story. What's happened? Why are you feeling this way? Well, this, they did, they did this and I, it's just a story. So why are you feeling that way? What's going on for you? Mm. I remember for many years ago, I used to do reports on relationships of people going through the family courts and were getting divorced and wanted the kids and everything. They'd come in and I'd get a story from the, the mother. And uh, when you got the story, you thought, righto, don't bother father, don't need to see you, I've got it all here. Because what the mother told me, she told me her truth and it was, it was a very compelling truth. And then the father would come in. Suddenly he would tell me his truth and they used to use all the same facts. But their interpretation of the facts was totally different. And that's why it's so difficult in a relationship is that both people, they are telling you they are in their truth, but they're in their emotional truth. And that's not the truth. Because the spiritual truth is, why is this happening? Because you've been challenged to become who you need to be so it ceases to matter. Then you're more likely to be facing the truth, which is not so much an emotional thing. No, I don't don't trust my emotions to tell me the truth. I trust them to guide me to do this and that, but I'm not going to trust them to tell me the truth. Well, your emotions are a message, aren't they, really? They're mm-hmm. a message, and you look deeper into that message to see what's really Absolutely. going on. Absolutely. I was always flabbergasted at how these two people could each have such a different viewpoint on exactly the same facts. Both of them, you could tell, they were telling their truth. They Neither of them was lying at all. They were telling me exactly what was going on for them. And it was very, very difficult to sort out. And I could see why they were having troubles, because... They believed that they 100% totally believed what they, they were saying. believed in their own truths. Absolutely, yeah. In summing up, it's about recognising that ownership and responsibility and accountability. and accountability are your avenues to moving forward and moving into the essence of who you really are. Grasping and enhancing the spirit of who you are. And that blame, excuses, denial, all that sort of stuff, fault-finding, making people over the wrong... That's taking you the other way. That's taking you out of the spirituality into a different way of thinking. And that different way of thinking ain't going to work so well. Hope that helps. I'll see you next time. See you again. 